Hello? Hey. Hi. How are you doing? All right. I was trying to to add us without video. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I I think Joe should be here. And Kirk is uh I think I am. I th Hi, Kirk Joe. is uh, Kirk is praying for our souls. He he's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah. He's praying for the poop to quit coming up through the floor in his grandparents' house, too, I think. Oh, oh he's God. got plumbing problems? Yeah, they've been having to, like, relay pipe and all sorts of other stuff out there. Oh, man. So, I know, like, he was saying he was having a brown birthday because he was having... <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is not good. <laughs> he's having to pay for the plumber to come out. That is not good. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's what, what a way to spend your birthday. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. happy belated, buddy. Oh. Yeah, you should uh, call the soul plumber. Right. <laughs> I didn't know what to think about that issue. <laughs> I haven't read it. Is it good? Uh, I, it's I very, it. uh, I liked it a lot. I think it's Did repulsive, I but like uh, it. I like it. It's not a horror title. Like, so it says DC Horror Soul Plumber. It's more <clears> of a... <throat> It's like Hitman, but like gross, and it hits like religious tones. So I I I would have I would have canceled it after the second issue if it wasn't for the fact that I already have paid for like three and four. I might as well just finish the series. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm dropped before. Like if I really hated something, I've been like I I can't do it, and then I'll stop. And then you know what? Nine towns out of ten, I'll end up going back and getting like the last one or two anyway. Well, see, that's the thing is that it's like, well, you know, it might still turn around. There's only a couple more issues that I have to buy. Right. I'm like, I might as well just finish it out. I have to really, really hit, dislike something, just cut it off, even if it's, you know, a mini through DPS. Yeah. yeah. So um, I started uh, the uh, Scout uh, subscription box. I mean, I, I'm kind of confused by their description because I asked them, I said, okay. So I need to put in my pre-orders. If I do the subscription box, that means I don't need to do pre-orders, right? And they said, well, if you know more than 12 books are coming out that month, you might not get everything. I was like, okay. And they said, you'll always get number one. And if you got one in a previous box, you'll always get the next issue. So if I don't know how that how does that work if you're someone who started initially with the first box? That means that if it's more than twelve, you got all one. I, I don't get it. Yeah, how do they pick and choose? That 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 made my head hurt trying to figure out, okay, that means I got number one, but then that month hits and it's all number ones and number fours, but I got number ones of that one, but I always get to finish out the series and my head exploded. Yep. Well, yeah. well, why would you switch though? Like, or is it a better discount if you get the box? It's, it's not a better discount, but you get some stuff in it that you can't get through um, anything but their web store. So, mm -hmm. like, it, let's say, like, in this month, I think they solicit 10. So, um, that month you'll get those 10 plus say two ash cans of stuff that's coming out later or something like that. Oh, okay. Or you'll, or you'll get like a gold full reprint. Um, it's like 33 bucks. So you're paying about 60 more cents per book or something. So, but I just thought it seemed cool and it'd be a yeah. way to like 
just I don't even have to worry about Scout every month. I just boom, it comes and shows up at the house. But you do have to worry about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> every month I'll count the books. I'm like ten. I'm good. Next. But month. how? So I mean, so you have no idea if there's more than ten, what they're gonna send you and what they're not. They do send a uh, like the month of they print a list. Oh, okay. But, so but you're least... not gonna know like for pre-orders two months ahead of time is the problem. Yeah, that is a problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're yeah. guaranteed every new number one unless you hit the twelve with ongoings that are already happening. I guess is what they're saying. That's what it sounded like to me too. Yeah, I just I, I got confused. So you'll never still... you'll never miss an issue within the titles that you're getting, but right. you could be missing an issue of something that you start like it's on issue five. You you that's, might you might miss that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I took it. So like the ones who are like deep into the series and I don't have number ones, I'll just have to I'll just like I say, I'll count them and like, okay, there's only ten. And if there's like thirteen that month, I'll be like, Okay, so which one of you guys is not gonna show up? But I may yeah. just like see what they do too and then like get it from my comic shop like night of too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So the one I just read out. from Scout that was really good. At least I really liked it. Was uh, the third wave ninety nine? Oh now, yeah, I saw it, that one. It, it's a surfing book. It, it's right. crazy. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know if I would like it or not, but I really liked it, and I like where it's going because. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really good. I'm yeah, trying I mean, to read. I'm trying to read like the number ones immediately, so mm-hmm. I can make a decision <clears throat> if I want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I love the fact they give you a month between, because um, I'm pretty sure they do a month on, month off with their limited series, which is, it's a bummer if you're trying to like keep up with them, I guess, and read them straight, but it's nice when you're ordering in behind like I am. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, okay, you know, I read number one, and you got like a couple of months to be like, I don't think I want number two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that, yeah. But now I'm all in, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't like Lunar Room. I didn't think that was... I saw you post that, and I have mine sitting on my my, um, pile there. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try. Yeah, the concept is cool. The art, I mean, if you're you're an art guy, you probably... Like, if if story doesn't drive you and art drives you, then you probably like it. But uh, Vault does that to me a lot. I'll be like, this concept sounds great, and then I'll get it, and I'll be like, eh, it's okay. I like the Scout ones a lot more. I don't know me why. Me too. But it, really? yeah. Oh, I'm the opposite. I like Vault much, much more. No, because the Scout has the Black Caravan. That, that's a, Heck yeah. That's got the horror stuff, and I, I, I dig the Scout way more. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. The uh, the Vault one, uh, I, I, like I say, it's so hit and miss with me. I do like... Uh, what was it? Uh, which which blood that's coming out? That's a good one. Um, yeah, I like the, the money money shot. I like that one. That's ridiculous. Oh, Tim Seeley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like almost everything Ram V does for them too. Like uh, these Savage Shores was really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been he's been killing it all over the place for the for the most they, part. Did you see the latest issue of Swamp Thing? It said uh, ten of sixteen yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, ten of how many? They, they t- they're taking a small break and then they'll come back with number eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. They That's they. Cool. Well, that series is interesting because it must have just enough that they find it worthwhile to continue <laughs> exactly. it because it was originally six issues and then they extended it to ten, 
and now they're right. extending it to 16. So <laughs> that, thing, yeah, that's, that's awesome. kind of that's kind of cool. I like that. I wonder if that Suicide Squad rub helped a little. Could be. Didn't they do like a three or four part crossover with them? Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah. But that was good it stuff. could it could be that he he's just writing a good story, and the art is like yeah. uh, Perkins on art is great. Yeah. So. yeah I wonder how that sub stack is going because I heard he went to that sub stack too. But everyone's gone to that. I know, but I just don't I just don't see anybody talking about it. Like. <laughs> no, yeah, me neither. I know that Snyder, um, his stuff is going to start coming out on Dark Horse and print soon from the from the sub stack. Well, it goes to Comicsology no, no, too, no, or it, something. No, he, it? Snyder goes to Comicsology Unlimited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but it's but after that it's it's coming it's he it's just coming from Dark Horse. To Dark Horse. Oh yeah, it's because Comicsology Unlimited has a contract with Dark Horse, oh, gotcha. so they can they can choose to go there as and get a good deal, but they could decide, hey, I'm at Comicsology, I want to go to Image. They could do that. Yeah. Yeah, because sure. Zadarsky had a Unlimited that went straight to Dark Horse too. Was, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, but there, are the, all those Comicsology Unlimited, I've been reading at least the Snyder stuff. It's really good. I just don't feel like I have any time. I'm just constantly trying to keep up on the new physical stuff that I don't read any digital at all. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I once in a blue moon, I'll, I'll read, try to read something on the treadmill. <clears throat> but it, well, reading comics is a lot worse than reading a book on the treadmill because you got to swipe every two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like watching TV on the treadmill, but that I can't do comics on the treadmill. I feel like I'd get a headache if I tried. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd want to vomit. You know, it's like uh, it's like a roller coaster, and I'm swiping, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fall off, and not, not no, no, credit. sir. <laughs> sure, just make sure your dead man tag is hooked up so yeah. <laughs> you do fall. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Is this the first show without Kirk? Because Kirk is like Mr. Reliable. Me and Rob are the ones who always bolt. Well, <laughs> I know I missed one because you recorded oh, it and that's sent true. me that's one. True. Yeah, that's but true. I, well, Kirk, what, Kirk was in that one, right? Yeah, I he was. Might yeah. Be the first one without him. So, yeah. so yeah, you might be right. Kirk is. This is the first. I think everyone's missed an episode now. Right. Oh, uh, you know, anytime HBO's got a new show, Rob's kind of gonna be going. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, there's a new HBO Max. I haven't checked out yet, but I read the book and I absolutely adored it. Station Eleven. Oh yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I we haven't started watching yet. I have no idea if it's a good uh, ap- adaptation or not. But um. Oh, so you're you're gonna be it. missing episodes now? Is it on yeah. Sundays? Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it on. Sunday. You're gonna be uh sorry Game of Thrones or. Uh... Perry Mason's Station 11, yeah. Station 11. <laughs> I can't make it. We're having right. guests over to come over and watch Station 11 now. <laughs> he, he was going to try it with Why the Last Man, but it got canceled like five episodes in. So, you know, I we were still good. finish watching that. I know. I know I it's know. not going to have a conclusion, but I, I, I was I, enjoying it. I, en- it I was. was enjoying it. My my enjoyment dampened a bit after i learned that it was canceled i think just because it's like all right i'm gonna finish watching this but what difference does it make that's where i was at i kind of was yeah. like i was like what's the point yeah yeah that's my the wife's good one theory did... i don't care i'll i'll if i know going in i'd rather know 
and and finish it and knowing it's not going to finish then uh, watch it and then get surprised it's not going to finish <laughs> mm-hmm. well that's what happened with deadly class i love that show so much and, yeah. and you had that huge cliffhanger and then nothing else yeah. but that was a that was a bummer that was a good show yeah oh my gosh did you remember did you watch that one yeah i did i, I did I didn't check it out. No, I missed there's, it. It was on sci There's this one scene where the guy, uh, the main guy, he's like getting tired of this kid in there at the comic store, so he's going to fart in his face. And he goes, well, watch this. And then he pulls his pants and he has explosive diarrhea instead. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny. I must have watched that scene like 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good show. I think it was it, a bummer I, day. I, I, I think if it would have gone somewhere else, it would have done better. Like I agree. I think the sci-fi angle, like uh, from that channel, just did, if it would have went to Netflix, I think it would have stood a better chance. I agree. I was going to say the same thing. If that had been a Netflix original, we'd probably be on season three or four by now. Yeah. Yeah, I just no finished what, Monday. You know what we just finished watching? And Mike, I think you finished a while ago. Joe, I don't know if you watched it at all, but Sweet, to- Sweet Tooth? Oh, yeah, yeah that was that good. One. Finally watched it. That was incredible. And yeah. I've never read the book. I think that was part of the problem with Why the Last Man. It came so close to Sweet Tooth. Um, whereas, like, when we read them, you know, they were years apart. But with them back to back, I kept comparing the two of them. And gotcha. I, I, I think Sweet Tooth just did the same kind of story so much better. It was so good, so yeah. compelling. It's like I just wanted to see what was going to well, happen. Well, that one, that one at least got renewed. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so yeah. we have we have some hope. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys watch the uh, Millar one? Uh, was it Jupiter's? Yeah, yeah, Legacy. I liked it. It was slow, it was, but it was really good. Like, I thought it was I pretty seen good. That yeah, I that was one I was wondering if it, it suffered because like we had boys, then we had Invincible, and then we get that one, and people are just like, okay, I'm kind of burnt out. Possibly. Like, I, 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 I like the, uh, the negative comments about it because I, I thought it was pretty, pretty. Yeah, I like the historical aspect of it. Like it didn't oh, take I should place. Check that one it out. didn't take place like in current time. Gotcha. So it was pretty interesting from that. Right. It was in the like 20s and 30s. It was good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Even, even yeah. to look at the backdrops and stuff, it was cool. I like I. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. I it's too bad that uh that that was canceled so quickly as well. Yeah. I haven't yeah, seen I, the boys yet. I finished Money Heist. I can't believe they ended it. But uh man, that, the, that, that that is my show. Oh, it's totally done now? Well, there there's rumors that they're gonna make another show called Berlin from it, but uh-huh. I, I think as a, a that show it, it's it's over. It's over. Okay. Yeah, it had a great climax. Um, it was pretty intense. It crammed you know, a lot into like the last five episodes. I noticed that Nick Butmore has, has mentioned this a couple times. It never occurred to me until he mentioned it that things don't seem to last past season four or five on Netflix. Pretty much all the time. That's it's it's not going to go beyond that. Hmm. It never that never occurred to me, but he's absolutely right. I can't think of anything that's gone longer than that. Yeah, well, the money heist I can understand because it you have heists and you can only have 
with so many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can only once you got into the predicament they were in the final season, it's like how how can you top that? You know, like how can you you know you yeah. you can't really. It's like Marvel's getting like they have Thanos and then the Celestials and you know how many bigger threats can you throw you know <laughs> but i think that's why it's important for them to do different types of stories like i don't know if you guys are watching hawkeye but I- i'm not yet hawkeye. i'm about an episode and a half out yeah, yeah. We i mean it's just up. super interesting to me and uh, that's just a low level like type of you know personal type story with two, well, i think they need to get people back to that just to make the grandose whatever grandiose thing uh, big yeah. again you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> Take, oh, yeah, take, mean, take a step back instead of keep pounding us with these big global well, The threats. only thing left is like Galactus and then like negative zone invasion. I mean, and then, exactly. and then what's after those two things? But Galactus, is, Galact, I'm so, Galactus is so much like the Celestial. Oh, totally. It, it's, what just, I was it's, just, it's just like inverted a little bit because the Celestial is born in a planet and then it destroys the planet. Well, Galactus finds a planet and then destroys it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I, I but was a, halfway. A celestial starts life from destroying the planet. I was halfway thinking they were gonna like figure out some way to make like uh, Galactus' backstory be that he used to be a celestial or something yeah. and work him in, you know. Mm-hmm. But but Galactus is, it, if they do it, it's so similar. The only thing right. is he has a herald instead of Eternals. Do you know what I mean? Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. So it's like, wow, you know, you, but they didn't have, probably when they started planning uh, Eternals, they, they didn't know they had acquired 20th Century Fox. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's or what I Yeah, they'll wait a while for that for, you know, if they ever get to it with some sort of Fantastic Four, we'll have Dr. Doom. So. Oh, I'm sure. Well, everybody wants if, that. If they're smart, yeah. though, they should do Doctor Doom, but do something else because they've they've used Doom in everything. Yeah. Like at least the new Spider-Man movie said, you know, we've used Green Goblin. Let's at least let let's use uh, Vulture, <laughs> you know, yeah. in the Shocker. You know, let's do something a little different. So surprising they didn't do Hobgoblin. That would kind of like fulfilled that that niche but without kinda, like reusing it i always thought they used hobgoblin in spider-man 3 oh is that that's what you're calling what's his name um yeah franco, franco okay. yeah well it seemed mm-hmm. like even though it was sli- slightly different it was kind right. of like him that's fair i can't even remember that movie I, i've seen it one time the year it came out and i don't think i've seen it since Same i like i like it I, more the more I watch it. In other yeah. words, it, when I saw the first one, I it's like Superman three. When I saw it at the theater, I was like, "Wow, what a letdown!" But then <laughs> every year I watch it now, and it's like I love it. But uh, that, that's kind of like S- Spider Man three. <laughs> I, I guess I, I, I guess I like them tur- turning my heroes dark. You yeah. know, like alcoholic Superman and him getting. Oh, laid yeah, that part's great. And uh, stuff like that. And then him fighting himself. Like, I just I think that's just so cool. And then when Peter went dark in three and then he gets to do that cool dance and everybody's staring at him <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? man? <laughs> uh, 
So none of us have seen the new Spider-Man, I'm guessing. Uh, that's no. a negative. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to wait for it to slow down before we even think about going to the theater. Yeah, we went to go see Nightmare um, Alley. I almost read that the other day from the library, and then... Um, it was filmed in Buffalo, New York. Oh, really? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's really so, cool if you like, like, freak shows and stuff like that. Gilmore like was here then, yeah. It was Gilmore's the turtle, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you're... It, it's it, from, it's, like, a fanographics uh, graphic novel, which is based on a book, so... Yeah. If I remember it right, like, Spain drew it, um... So it's like, I don't know if he drew more for the book or from the graphic novel, but but since it's Guillermo, I was like, it could go either way. It's very, <laughs> yeah. it's very much like a Tales from the Crypt, like, right. story. Like, Interesting. I didn't like, know Like an eight-page story, it. but it's two and a half hours, so it's a really long Tales from the Crypt <laughs> story. Right. Yeah, it's incredibly long. Wow. Uh, I'll probably just watch it when it comes on streaming. That's what we went to go see instead of Spider-Man because we knew the crowd would be at Spider-Man. Right. So, yeah. I think I liked it more than my wife did, but Barb thought it was a little long, maybe. Yeah. It was long, though. Like, if you think of the if you think of the themes that, like, if, if you've read enough Tales from the Crypt, it, and I, I have not read the book or the graphic novel, but I, I guessed it, like, what was going to happen, because I had seen enough of those stories. Like, I have read so many tales from the crypt that I just knew the, I, I knew the beats. Like, I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the sweet spot for me is, like, that hour, 50 minutes, and I'm happy if it's under two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, Joe. Yeah. Especially, like, I mean, it depends on the movie, too, yeah. but... Like I don't see a need for for most movies to be anywhere longer than, you know, over like you said, two hours, two hours, ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah. They, so, they sometimes, getting... sometimes I want it, but then sometimes I don't. <laughs> like yesterday, yeah. I had to pick up my car for an oil change, and I'm like, wow, they're gonna close. <laughs> <laughs> well, two two and a half hours is about as long as my bladder is gonna last too. <laughs> Yeah. You start getting real antsy in that last 10, 15 minutes. You're just like, God, credits. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know that it's almost <laughs> over, right? And at the same time, you have to, you've to. you been having to go to the bathroom for half an hour. So you're like, I don't know how much longer <laughs> right. I can make it, but this is stupid to get up now. <laughs> I remember um, the final Avengers, uh, I was I was hanging, hanging really tight for the last <laughs> 20, 30 minutes. And, and I leaned over to Jack during the Steve scene, I said, where, he, you know, he's given Falcon the, the shield. And I go, all right, Jack, don't move because he's a kid. I didn't. And he was a little younger at that point. I was like, don't yep. move. Dad's running to the bathroom the minute credits hit the scene. And I'll be right back. Don't move. And that's <laughs> literally what I did. As soon as they start rolling credits, I ran. So <laughs> I still haven't seen the credits to that movie if they did anything cool with it, like the uh, – what was it? Um, was it Star Trek Six where they had everybody's signatures? I was halfway thinking that would be cool if they did that, uh, but I have no idea what they did with the movie because, oh, yeah, like I said, I ran out the the building. So yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, I'm old enough. I'm older than all of you, so if I need to pee, I'm going. Like, uh, <laughs> it, it, I'll even look ahead of time though. Like, if they have that pee app, you know, like when right. to go pee. Um, <laughs> you you use that app? 
Yeah. P app? I didn't even know that that existed. That's no, there's a P app, and it'll tell you, like, if you have to go pee after this scene is a good time. Like, somebody oh. actually watches a movie and decides for you if there's something <laughs> that doesn't is not integral to the part of the story, you could go yeah. pee. Yeah. And, 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 if, and if the movie shows up on the uh, when to crap app, that's when you know the movie's too long. <laughs> 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 or, or you shouldn't go see it. <laughs> right. Wait, to, wait for a home release. <laughs> exactly. My God, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think the the last uh, Star Wars, I, I went to pee twice in that one, so I missed a couple of times. Yeah. But, oh, well, it was like Christmas Day, and I'm like, eh, it's Star Wars. I know we're going to own it at some point because we own every other one of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, um... I think the next, uh, the one movie that we kind of wanted to take the kids to were, was the new Ghostbusters. But oh, we, yeah. we were waiting for them to be uh, fully 100% vaccinated, which uh, they got their second shot on the 11th, so they're good to go as of Christmas Day. Nice. But, um, you know, that, I, I mean, that was good. And, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, we showed them the first movie not long ago, less, probably a month ago, and they absolutely loved it. Well, they'll know oh, like this movie because it, it's almost like the Halloween movie, like when they redid those, because it yeah. takes mm-hmm. place after the first one. Not oh, oh it's it almost, does, it's it almost like take it's, into consideration too. Well, they, uh, it's almost like they disregarded the second. Okay. Yeah. Like you don't have to have watched the second to watch the Afterlife, but right. you, you should have watched in order to enjoy all the Easter eggs and things. You should have watched the first one. Okay, good. Uh, that teaser trailer that they came out with was one of the best trailers that I've seen in a very long time. Oh, yeah. it, w- it was just like very slow building and stuff. And we're like, wait a minute. Wait, is this is this a Ghostbusters trailer? Well, yeah, I thought at first like they were doing some Stranger Things tie-in movie. Right, and then all of a sudden you see like a trap yeah, like just yeah. showing up or something. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. I yeah. can't wait to see this movie. <laughs> That's a good point. I should take Jack to see that if we don't get to anything else next weekend. Yeah, yeah it would be thinking. a good movie to see now because everybody, yeah. it's already in its fourth or fifth week. So yeah, right. it's still yeah. showing by this weekend. We're we're gonna we're gonna end up going. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Because everybody's gonna be at Spider Man. Like yeah, yeah. And we can't take Jonah though, because man, he like made me leave Beetlejuice. He freaked out so bad. <laughs> like when the, the Beetlejuice uh, when the, is pretty dark, though. Like it is dark. Yeah. Like when the hands start uh, moving on the table and slap everybody to the the uh, the Harry Belafonte song, he yeah. freaked out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just never know. Um, when Bumblebee came out, I don't know how many years was that now, three or four. Yeah, yeah. Trans- Transformers. So yeah. Zach knew he loved Transformers. So he wanted. So that was the first movie. Me and him, we just went to go see it on our own. Just the two of us. First time, just two of us going to see the movie. We sit down, and I'm telling you, by 20 minutes, half an hour in, they had some of the Decepticons showing up, and they're being mean. I think they killed somebody or something like that. That was it. He was out. We had we had to get up and leave. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good And then movie. later, that, we that, saw that's it. my we that's saw my favorite Transformers TV. movie. Really. It was, I like it. Was, it. Well, like I said, we saw it like a year later on TV, and in 
you know, his comfortable environment at home and he was a little bit older, he was okay. But yeah, in the theater that, that year, nope, he was out. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I, I hope that they keep doing these sorts of movies like with Bumblebee and Snake Eyes because both of those have been by far the best ones of the Hasbro movies. I, 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 I I'm with you 100%. I know a lot of people that disagree with you, but Snake Eyes was my favorite G.I. Joe film. Like yeah, by, I loved by, it. By a long shot. I yeah. I loved it when I saw it. I just thought the, the, problem, act, I I thought the acting was great. white guy or something. You know? Yeah. I uh I just thought it was amazing and I love the tweaks to the story that were different. Mm-hmm. Like with the hard master and stuff and I like I I like what they did. Like to me what they did, the writers like made it make more sense. Like right. it, it made more like it made more sense why the motives were the way they were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well you I, can you can tell a better story. You can tell a more depth story, I guess, right? If 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 it's based on a limited number of characters, because you're not trying to just get all these characters into the movie by before it ends. You yeah. can actually probably tell a more more cohesive story. And really, they they had a late oh, no uh, who was in it? It was uh, Scarlet, Scarlet, and Baroness. Baroness, oh yeah, Baroness was played by the Money Heist Tokyo, which I was like, I was so happy to see that. <laughs> yeah, but, she was awesome. Because I love Tokyo, so just put that there, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. But it didn't like it needed. I, I don't know. The, there, there's surprises in there, like some that you can't see coming. But I also watched Warrior, and he mm-hmm. plays a major character in the in the guy, the main actor of Warrior, which is. If you haven't seen on HBO, you got to watch it. It's so good on HBO Max. I haven't seen it. It is well, so I... good. It, it it is it is like a kung fu but like badass. Like it takes place in like San Francisco, you know, Chinatown back in back in the western times in the 1800s and it is awesome. I mean, it is so good. They they renewed it actually. I just don't know when it's uh, when the next season's coming, but I'd highly well, I th- recommend it. I think Kirkman was the one I first heard say it about The Walking Dead. He's like, if you want the exact same story, there's the there's the comics. Why yeah. should I give you the exact same story that's right. already out there? And that's why he changed the series so much. And same thing with GI Joe. If you if you want GI Joe twenty six twenty seven, go read GI Joe twenty six and twenty seven. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's and and like I say, making Snake Eyes Asian, I mean, it fits the it story. Made, it made way more because sense. Because it's not a Vietnam yeah. story anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, it made right. way right. more that sense. Makes, yeah. Plus his relationship to Storm Shadow, like right. That that made it just flowed so much better to me. Totally. I yeah. I, I dug it totally. Yeah, it was. I want I want to own that. I'm just waiting for the price to. Uh, to drop. Same. Yeah. I, so I, we we actually picked it up. Jack got really excited. Black Friday. That was the one he did grab. Yeah. Yeah. That one. That one I really like. So I'm. Yeah. The my my favorite Transformers is Bumblebee, and my favorite GI Joe is Snake Eyes. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And I was really surprised with Snake Eyes. Like it. I guess my expectations weren't as much, and it like exceeded them. So I was really happy. Oh, totally. That. 
Well, I felt like it came out of nowhere, man. I felt like I was sitting in the theater watching Black Widow, and that was like the first I'd heard of it. And then like yeah. within a month, it's out. And I was like, well, man, they ran this one through. But yeah, it turned out really well. Yeah, it just didn't do well at the box office. Just bad no. timing, I think. Well, that's like also low expectations. Um, you know, it took us, what, six years or something to get New Mutants and everybody's crapping on it. And when we finally watched it, I had fun. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I, I liked it as well. Yep. I, I mean, the CG was a little off for the bear, but that aside, I didn't have I didn't have any problems with it. I don't know why people hated it so much. No, I thought it was cool. It was, you know, it was a good, I thought it was a good story. Yeah, me too. It was very cool. Cause, uh, I've, got I've, I've got it on, um, I bought it on Blu-ray. I think that's one we haven't picked up yet, but I need to. Jack was asking me, like, do you want Wonder Woman 84? And I was like, if you can get it cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like that one. That is one that I, yeah. I, I know that you've kind of turned around on it, Mike, but I, I only watched it the one time. I just don't like it. I didn't like it as much the first time, but now that because of the portrayal of Maxwell Lord, but now I kind of it's growing on me. It was just the story itself. I just didn't I didn't like I didn't like the wish genie thing. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah, And why couldn't Steve Trevor just been a zombie instead of pulling a dead man? You know, (laughs) (laughs) that was the whole that was the whole plot of the movie, though. Yeah. Well, in, in, in other words, uh, Diana was g- willing to give up her soul and everything for the love of her life. Yeah, but just so, I mean, they created her out of clay, create his ass out of clay. You know, yeah. I, I think that I mean, we learned in DC superheroes Christmas that you're not supposed to have a uh, dead man taking advantage of somebody's body. You know, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I think the other thing that that movie just wears me out because the final scene just goes on and 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 on too, which didn't help it. But it did have cool moments. It had the cool armor. I like cheating. One of my favorite scenes in that movie is like the Indiana Jones scene where they're in the trucks and Mm. uh, it's that high speed chase with the military trucks. I agree. Mm -hmm. And she's sort of like losing her powers. It's kind of like, an Indiana Jones truck scene with the Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's I was, really I was well in shot for that part, but I just got so tired with the fight at the end that just kept going and going, you know, where she's fighting through the tornado or whatever is going on. And yeah. just, I don't know. It wore me out. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it, that was, it was a, the, the, the two scenes I liked more than in the movie was the one I told you about the Indiana Jones truck scene and the little girl scene at the beginning. I thought that was really good. Well, really well shot. Like the, her in that competition competing with the other Amazons and her taking that that and her taking the shortcut out, like in it and her mother not letting her win. You know what I mean? I, I just thought that was like an amazing scene. Like it. Yeah, it was cool. And it kind of was like a cool lesson. Like, I, I I dug that. Those are my favorite two scenes in that movie. So every movie I can at least find like one one scene that I I just adore. And those are yeah. my two. I just think that's something that DC often does. It goes like, okay, let's. So it's we're on the second movie. We need two villains. Like why couldn't we just had a cheetah movie? You know. Yep. And it's it's like that Batman philosophy. So you got Batman, then you got Batman's Returns. It's got two villains, and you got the next Batman Forever's got. 
two villains and then the next one they've got like three villains i'm like let's just focus on one i think that's what they learned in that dark knight trilogy is you know a villain a movie is good you know yeah period. but they got big they had at least two in every dark knight movie because the who first one the... had the scarecrow and Ra- Rasha ghoul right? oh that's true that's true who was in the second one other than joker uh, Oh, he was just the Joker. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it was just and, the Joker, and the third one had Bane and Catwoman. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay, you got me. Well, they did it better. How's that? Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, poor Bane was a sniveling idiot in that final Batman. I, I think know. Superman 2 got it right, too. Like, it threw Lex in there along with the three Zod and Urs. Yeah, Lex was okay, though, because he was established, so you didn't have to tell a backstory for him. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So, like, like when you have to introduce two villains, you got to backstory both of them, and it goes back to that Snake Eyes where you start you start introducing too many people. It, it's almost too much, you know. Keep it simple. Well, I do, I, I'm a fan of the Burton films, too, and he did the Catwoman and Penguin. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like the first two. Third one has moments. The fourth one I don't like to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Other than make fun of uh, Schwarzenegger and let's chill or whatever he says. Let's chill. Chill, chill everybody. Ha ha ha. But, <laughs> that was more of a. They made that one like totally for camp. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I remember that was like full on. Bane was my favorite villain at that point. And literally, he's just a big oh, they, moron. They, they shat, yeah, they, they, they shat on him. Yeah. They did really not bad. do a good Poison Ivy either. No, and or, or a bad girl, so yeah. so it oh, was God, like yeah. uh, not a good. Uh... I think Carrie did a good Riddler. He uh, did. I didn't like uh, what, uh, what's his name's Two Face because it was more like I was watching a, a piss poor Joker. You know, yeah. all he did was laugh maniacally, and that's never struck me as how Two Face is. No, Two Face is complicated as hell. Yeah, yeah. Like he he's he's one of the darker ones and he has that complexity with Batman is always sympathetic to him because he was the district attorney. So dude, you're right. There was two, two face was in the Joker one. We forgot. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was in the Joker one. Yeah. And that was, that was a good portrayal of two face, by the way, (laughs) he he did a good job with that one. Dang it. There are two in each one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you want to get into the comics? Yeah, I uh, I was like just uh, I had an all day thing. We did our big party at the museum yesterday, so I just read it this morning. So it's hopefully fresh enough in my mind that I can flip through and narrate quickly without uh, having too many dull moments. So go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So uh, I don't know the cover price on it because it's one of those that I picked up at the game store and they ripped the corner out. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, Tarzan number 216 is January 73. Um, I think this was in when they were either in the 15 or 20 cent range, but I'm not exactly sure. But uh, since it's Tarzan, we know it's going to be Joe Kubert, even though it doesn't have any credits in it that I can see. But it's Joe Kubert art, so we know that. Anyway, we're going to start at night in the jungle. We have some natives who are rowing in a rowboat and they come out and they have guns. They come across a peaceful-looking hospital, and then they invade it. 
the hospital looks like it's run by priests and what have you. They're uh, setting everything on fire. They're shooting priests. They're shooting other people that are uh, basically, I would say, indigenous or African because they're just tearing up stuff. So they blow up some dynamite. They're stealing more things. A priest starts begging to him, stop. Who are you? What are you doing these terrible things for? We're only trying to help your people. Why? And then they like beat up a nun. They beat up another priest. And these guys are just being super vicious. Tarzan rolls up on the set later on. He says, something's happening at the hospital compound. And he swings into the thing. He talks to the priest. And he's told, there were four or five men from a tribe I could not recognize. Why did they do this terrible thing? I don't understand. And so Tarzan starts investigating. And he's really confused by what's going on. He's like, there's nothing left. Everything has been burnt and all the supplies are gone. So they didn't just burn things. They also stole things. So he can't figure out what's going on. He he thinks something's fishy. He goes down to the riverside and he sees some old towels or some kind of pieces of cloth, but they have brown stains on them. And what it turns out is they were white men who have tried to disguise themselves as natives. And so now he's on their tail. So we find these guys and uh, they're in a riverboat heading downstream and uh, they're going to uh, go searching for some treasure. And basically they wanted to uh, get people off their trail and how they were doing it was the diversion at the uh, hospital and the supplies they were going to use to sneak into this place. They needed to get some uh, TNT and some tools. So they find this kind of hidden city and they're digging around in there uh, trying to find the opening and they find it. They use the TNT they stole. They blow open the uh, doorway to it or they make a doorway i don't know i can't quite tell and tarzan of course who has been following them hears the explosion and he's like okay i'm almost there so he gets there there's been uh, a huge hole blown into the old city and so he follows them into the tombs so the guys are in the tombs and they see this doorway and they decide that they need to enter that sorry that was Something went off. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. Apologize. Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, anyway, so they go through the doorway and they're just convinced there's going to be great treasures inside. So they get inside and it's it's this weird mesh of stuff. So you've got like this giant Anubis looking statue. Then you have something that looks more like uh, African statue. Then you have basically like a sarcophagi that looks like it's from Egypt. So I don't know. It's like this weird meld of cultures that are, you know, found in the African continent. So they are like gold jewelry. We're rich. You're a genius. And so they start loading up and they're like, of course, one of them hears a noise and he's like, what's that? And he runs and the guy's like, you're not leaving us. And he shoots him. Uh, And the thing they heard was Tarzan had snuck in. So he's up in the rafters. So we've got one man down and they're like, well, let's get as much as we can. There's no ghosts in here. You guys are being stupid. So next they open the sarcophagi. They rob the mummy. Then they see there's a giant jewel up in the Anubis statue. And of course they have to go after that. So the two of them are fighting over who's going to go get the jewel. And He says, I saw it first. I'm going to kill you. And then, of course, he kills him. Uh, So now we're down to just a couple of guys. 
The guy climbs up into the Anubis statue. And speaking of Indiana Jones, what happens? Of course, once he pulls out the jewel, Anubis crushes him. So now we're just two more people are dead. So the other guys are like, let's get the hell out of here. They've got their stuff. They're about to head out the door. Um, and Tarzan, he's like had enough because he, he, he he's seen, the, the, you know, he lets a, a few of them get picked off. But, you know, at some point he's got to fight. But then he, Tarzan being Tarzan, he takes a spear and manages to spear both of them, chunk, chunk. And it's funny, kind of like, I don't know if this is comics code stuff, but I would assume, you know, that you can't show anything super graphic. Because this, you know, this in a modern comic would be showing the spear, impaling both of them, you know, gore shooting out and everything. And this, you literally just see. The guy in front holds his chest. The guy behind him is kind of flailing. But the assumption is, like I said, you know, the spear went through the both of them. Mm. So everybody's dead. Because, yeah, the next panel, you actually can see the two laying to each other. And there's kind of a spear coming out the back of one and the spear going in the front of the other. But like I say, it's funny, you know, the 70s, what they could and couldn't do. Um, so he takes the jewel from Anubis, but leaves everything else there. And he takes it to the hospital and says, hopefully this will be enough to pay for what these guys have done. So guys come in, do blackface, get murdered. They all die. <laughs> Jewel, Jewel, Jewel saves the village uh, hospital. Happy ending to the story. So uh, there's also a backup feature. But before we hit that, I was going to go over the letters page. And I don't know why, but the letters page in this is called the Dum Dum. And I don't know the context of that, and I didn't have time to look it up. Has anybody read old Tarzans and know why it would be called the Dum Dum? No, I don't yeah. remember it being called that. Unless that's supposed to be a drum beat thing or something. But anyway, so um, first letter we got is a kid. His name is Mike Shoemaker from Bron the Bronx. He said, when I heard DC was going to take over Tarzan, I was furious. I'm already buying 32 different DC magazines. I can't afford anymore. But then I heard Joe Kubert was doing the magazine. I went out and bought it. Now I am poor but happier. So there you go. <laughs> that sounds a very common complaint that still exists yeah. today. <laughs> um, there is another one. Uh, that is not happy with some of the artwork. So he says, with each new issue of Tarzan, I shudder at the contents. The reason, oh, it's not the artwork, my bad. The reason is not the artwork, but the scripting and plots. They are not up to par. All you do is talk about Tarzan's boyhood, every issue. Man, at least you do the artwork. We can't win. The last two issues alone, for instance, the entire story revolved around Tarzan trying to save animals from a fate worse than death. Come on, Joe. Each issue starts with while he lived with the great apes. Why can't they just call the book before he knew white people existed? Jeez. <laughs> now, if there isn't your goal, please give us a grown-up Tarzan. So, you know, this this kid, <laughs> Brent Seward from Issaquah, Washington, was not happy with uh, all these early stories of yeah. Tarzan. Now you have homework to... Now you have homework to bring him on the show. We want to ask him questions. <laughs> you got to seek, seek him like, out, track him down. <laughs> say, Brent, how did you like this issue? He obviously <laughs> know of white people because he tracked them down. So, yeah. uh, and then the the final one, I, did, I, I read these out of order, but the final one leads into the, the last story in here. So um, this is from Stephen Scheiber in Jackson Heights, New York. 
And uh, this is definitely not a Joe, I love your work letter. This is a serious criticism of your Star Wars, or excuse me, Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know he did Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Of your Tarzan comic. The art is great. The stories are great. But the comic is lousy. This seems like a contradiction. Let me explain. I buy Korak to read his story in his magazine. I buy Weird Worlds to read John Carter of Mars. I want to read Tarzan for the character of Tarzan. I dislike these poor backups. Keep a full book open for Tarzan. He is the character that made ERB famous. Drop beyond the farthest star. Okay. That, that, that is interesting because be, that farthest star is being published by American Mythology now. Right. Yeah. I think it's one of those that gets picked up but because of that. So... All right, so we'll quickly uh, head on now uh, from the gripe about Beyond the Farthest Star to the newest installment in this issue. And this is, uh, of course, based on the novel, once again, by ERB. And like you said, American mythology, that's kind of their bread and butter these days is that and their horror stuff. But uh, the art that he hated so much is Howard Chaikin. And it is, you know, if you're expecting... Uh, Joe Kubert, I guess it's a departure, but I mean, it's a little bit different than the Howard Chaikin we know, obviously, because this is early 70s, so it's pretty early on in his career, but I think it's pretty solid. So, but you know, the reason I like the letters pages is people forget, you know, Twitter is not the beginning of gripey fans. No. Gripey fans have been around from the minute that they started publishing letters. And, the, and these mm-hmm. gripey fans, you appreciate a little bit more because they had to work harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. And they had to wait probably, you know. And they had to pay for a stamp. To pay for a stamp, pay for paper, and sometimes wait a, you know, a couple of months to get published. Yeah, yep. in hopes that they get published. <laughs> so our character's name uh, I can't remember. Tangor, yeah. So uh, let me read the, the, the intro plot just in case someone hasn't read this before. And I, I'd never read Beyond the Farthest Star before either. Uh, but the little intro tag that they used to do at the top of every comic, this one for it says, Through a series of strange, unexplainable events, a World War II fighter pilot finds himself involved in the struggles of an alien planet in a foreign solar system in another dimension millions of miles away from Earth. I don't get why the kid doesn't like it. He's already said he likes John Carter. That's basically the same kind of thing, but whatever. So Tangor is uh, on a water planet at this point. He's got temporary gills, and he is trying to get away from this planet because it's kind of got this Krypton thing going where they don't think the planet's going to last much longer. So the uh, aquatic guys are like, hey, we're going to fit you up, put you in this ship, and get you out of here. So Tangor gets put in this ship and he is underwater because at this point he's got gills. And he says, feels strange in a water-filled spaceship, but without the water, I couldn't breathe. And so as he takes off, we see the Gilman say he's rising to the surface and our only chance of survival goes with him. So he shoots through and there are some warships that attack him because apparently there was uh, some people who were warring with the Gilmen, and he doesn't have any arms on his spaceship, but luckily he was able to evade everything. Once he gets through the atmosphere, he finds out that uh, he can no longer control the ship, 
and it's getting hard to breathe because his gills aren't working anymore. So maybe his gills were one of those things that only function when he was on the planet. So he's trapped in water, but now his gills don't work. So he's basically about to drown. He crashes into a jungle looking planet and he opens it up. And first things first, a giant snake attacks him. He chops its head off. And slowly, painfully, the intrepid Earthman pulls himself erect. His newly activated lungs suck in the sweet air as he stands ready to face an unfuture, unknown future, come what may. So once again, Tangor finds himself on another alien world beyond the forest, beyond the farthest star. Follow Tangor when he meets the forest peril. So much to the chagrin of our uh, letter writer, letter writer. Uh, there is going to be another episode of Beyond the Farthest Star in the December 28th issue. So, <laughs> sorry, bud. Number, two, <laughs> number 217 is going to cost you a 20, I think 20 cents, and uh, you're going to get another round of Tarzan. But at least Tarzan knows white people at this point. So one uh, one guy will be happy, and the other guy is going to be bummed. So. <laughs> but they, they did that a lot with uh, the, the various titles. They always had a backup by Edgar yeah. Burroughs. Some yeah, of them was I, Carson I like of it. Venus. See, Carson of Venus is so much like John Carter. <laughs> but is, uh, is, is that one Plue? Uh, yeah, I think he did some of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I think it was a good place for them to give people trials, because like I say, this is pretty early Chaken, so it was yeah. probably a way to for him to get in and get his feet wet. And I think in general, DC did that with backups a lot, right? Yeah, and to, when I was a kid, I I didn't like Chaken art. Like even when he was doing Star Wars, I didn't like mm. it. It 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 changed when he started Blackhawk, and I started to like him more. But okay, well yeah, he was it Black Kiss that he was doing, and that's when he started really getting that different kind of art that he, basically where he's at now. Yeah, that nasty book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember what came first, that or Blackhawk. I know they were in the same era. They were both well, 80s. Well, Blackhawk was well, like... Well, American Flag had that kind of look, too, though. Yeah, yeah. American Flag, I, I liked a lot, the Vertigo series. Um, it was yeah. very similar. Like, I don't know, in terms of story beats, anyway. Right. But, um, yeah, Blackhawk, the Prestige, I think, was the first time I ever read a, a blowjob seen before <laughs> well, yeah, I, I remember it distinctively because i was like wow that's erotic but uh, <laughs> i i remember the guy was like talking i think he was talking to blackhawk and yeah. he had his secretary underneath the desk <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I I, was like well i remember like reading the ruckus about it and um because i didn't live near a comic shop the way i got the um first issue of blackhawk was uh from my, my from Mile High, where I ordered it and you know waited you yeah. know six weeks or ten weeks or whatever it was back then, and um, yeah I I did not uh, I I didn't get to read it for a long time but yeah I I got that one through them and um, and I was like well let's see what the big deal is I thought I was going to you know see full on uh, Omaha the cat dancer the way people no it's all implied it. so, but but yeah yeah, but, yeah. Uh, well, maybe actually... she was maybe maybe he dropped a pencil that she was looking for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the interesting part is he didn't make her stop when he was <laughs> oh, that's when, when he was having the conversation. <laughs> so, Mike, it looks like they were concurrent. Black Hawk and Black Kiss were eighty eight, eighty nine. So yeah, they were they were coming similar. out about the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was late to the party of Black Kiss. Oh, I was uh, too. Second, I, I didn't read that until Image, and then know that there was a original one. Yeah, I'm so but, I'm so late to that party that I haven't even um, arrived yet. Yeah, there oh, you it was, are. Uh, it was uh, it was the preceder of drawn and quarterly was this canadian place called vortex um and uh they were kind of like the fanographics for canada so mm -hmm. like if you ever run across uh, old weird vortex comics they kind of it's what drawn and quarterly kind of rose from the ashes of ah. yeah, it's 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 good old weird uh 80s indie comics so but it was his erotic series. Was yeah, yes, that, that's something you don't want to leave around the table with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. At, le at least with Blackhawk, they probably wouldn't get it. But sometimes, though, not showing it is more sexy than showing it. Oh, totally. And, and just like horror, like uh, sometimes off-panel horror is more frightening than if you showed the explicit scene. Oh my God! You know, you just reminded me of something, Mike. You said you watched the Halloween episode of the movies that made us. Yeah, I watched all the if horror you, ones. I'm on RoboCop if, now. Okay, yeah. So we we've watched all of them, but if you would have told me just in a vacuum, like, because I've seen Halloween several times, if you would have said, "Oh, you know, there's no like blood or gore in that movie," like, what are you talking about? Yes, there is, <laughs> and there's not. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's like Texas Chainsaw like, Massacre. It's nowhere near as gory as your brain thinks it is. Yes, either. yes. I yeah. just assume in my head that like, no, there was a lot of, lot of blood and 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 gore in, in shown in that movie, and there right. was not, there was not. No, no, no. It, that's it was that's so well done. That's Friday the Thirteenth. They decided yeah. to go <laughs> all out. Yeah. yeah, they they yeah they decided to go the opposite yeah, way. Yeah, Tom Savini and. Make the blood come out of this guy's throat. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, with the arrow. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was a good one. Well the, well, the funny part is watching how they did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they, they even got somebody's eye messed up. He had to go to the hospital. They had a lot yeah. of stunts in there that yeah. were very dangerous. Didn't this, didn't they say it took like a month for yeah, him to get, to get his sight to get his sight back? Yeah. He was yeah. blinded. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, well, because that stuff had all the chemicals and stuff <laughs> yeah, in it yeah. that they don't use anymore. Yeah. <laughs> God. But yeah, those those movies are great, aren't they? Yeah. You watched the, the Aliens one. The Aliens one was great. I haven't seen. I'm on the Aliens one because that's after Robocop. Oh, oh man. Aliens sent me down a rabbit hole when I rewatched uh, my box set after, after watching that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just such good movies. Yeah, reminds me. I need I gotta to get back on the comic. I was enjoying it. And oh, I, it's good. Yeah, I left yeah. off in issue six, I think, and I gotta catch no, up. No, you're not too far. Eight is just coming yeah. this week. It Maybe I'm on delay. five because I didn't get to the conclusion of him going on the spacecraft and trying to find his son. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that um, I think that wrapped up in it might have wrapped up in seven. I think I'm caught up because they're like uh, they're like in a totally different scenario now. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say what it is, but yeah, because I, I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, uh, so I, I'm either caught up or maybe one behind. But I love that series. I'm mm -hmm. I, I'm so so excited that the, 
that it's been as good as it has because I was pretty bummed when it left Dark Horse because Dark Horse was still doing good stuff with the property. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I think Brian Wood may be one of those people we're not supposed to talk about anymore. But uh, his uh, was it Defiance? I thought it was really really good. I like and, Brian Wood. I, yeah. I think I think his stories are really really well done. Plus he did what that was... uh, Civil War one over there. Oh yeah. He did a Terminator when I, uh, the last Terminator I remember coming out was really, really good too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, uh, I think he got in trouble. Yeah. I think for... it was canceled. No, he was, he was in he was trouble. Canceled. He was in trouble like with Tess Fowler like a long time ago. Oh, but, but, okay. Uh, I thought he was one of those uh, people he, doing stuff he, at cons he was still, and stuff. He was still, he, he was, but he was, uh, he was still publishing when the controversy came out. Gotcha. Like many years after. And then he sort of, after the hype died is when he sort of went away. Mm. Yeah. He's a good author. Might be a dirt bag, but he, he, he was good writer. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with you a lot of times, Mike, is that it's almost better to not know your heroes. So. I, I don't know that we need to know. Like, I'm not, obviously, I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm condoning it. I don't want to seem like it doesn't matter because obviously it matters to a lot of individuals that were were mistreated. Yeah. Right. But time, I don't know that that the general public needs to know every single personal detail of every single creative person's life. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, tell you though, I I, I don't want to like I, like I I'm still reading Warren Ellis. I like I I don't. Me, me I, I, if I find a cyber frog, I'll still read a cyber frog. <laughs> um, I, I I don't care. I I want to know the comics, and I the way, perspective I do is I want to historically know everything that was done, and I need to know the perspectives that were told in. So I. Yeah, I know they're scumbags, but I don't often want to know. Like I watched I them, the I watched the Mel Gibson movie Fat Man, and I like it. It's a great Christmas <laughs> movie, and he's a scumbag. So it's like, uh, I, I think the problem I run into is where like they're really being shown in their art, like the whole Woody Allen thing. After knowing all we know <laughs> about him, and yeah. then you watching movies with him and teenage girls, it becomes problematic. So it sometimes well, it depends. yeah, something that keeps reminding you. Yeah, of what, of what they did. did. Yeah, that's the way Bill was. He was like, if you see that actor, and every time you see that actor, it reminds you of what that actor did, then then you probably don't want to watch the film anymore. But right, you know, if, it does it get it does get hard. It gets tricky. But I mean, think about like where we are these days, and like you know, because things constantly come out know every single detail of all these people's lives and obviously n- nobody is 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 perfect and I, I i understand there's a difference between not being perfect and being actively like a predator but yeah. at the same time like how many people you know from like prior to like the 80s from the 70s 60s and before may have been exactly the same way and we'll just never know no yeah we will never know they could have had a torture chamber in the basement. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, you just might never. We're never. Well, a lot of those ho- Hollywood type people, directors and producers, do you know? 
They had them. Well, I, I had a friend of mine at the library came up and she was talking about the Tippi Hedren biography. And I was like, does it talk bad about Hitchcock? And she's like, yeah. I was like, well, then I can't read it because I don't want to find out anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, I don't want to know. Yeah. He's he's still one of my favorite uh, creators. And I don't want to find out something that's going to me... stain that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to be able to watch Rear Window and Vertigo mm-hmm. and still be happy. So I'm like, I'm not going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we just watched The Birds a few weeks ago. Oh, that's, a littlest, great, that's a great one. My littlest one loved it, but he's freaked out by birds now. North by Northwest. <laughs> it's really good. All those stuff yep. are just amazing films. Yep. He he's he, we were talking about shooting things off off of you know scene and how terrifying they can be. He he's notorious for that. He doesn't show you all the blood. I mean, he might show you the blood going down the drain, but he doesn't show right. the actual cut. Well, even in the birds, there's only really one big gross out scene, and that's where they show the one farmer who's had his eyes pulled out. Yeah. So yeah. I just I just distracted Henry when that scene was coming up. I was like, "Hey, look over there at that," and he's like, "What?" And then it's pretty violent. <laughs> yeah, they they get <laughs> caught up in that schoolhouse too. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one little girl who get, gets pecked in the head. I, yeah, it's horrible, but that makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> How old is Henry? Henry's eight now. Oh, okay, so yeah, same age as my kids. Yeah. Yeah. He really wanted to watch it, and I was like, I guess it's fine. I was like, I, because I, I mean, I saw Carrie when I was six or something, and that like that like ruined me. I, so, I think I, it, it feels to me like I don't know why, but it feels like there's a big difference between like what we watched when we were kids right and what they're watching right. in terms of like not being able to like uh, quote unquote handle like i mean right. movies that i watched it's like when i was 5 right <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. well we saw like indiana jones in the theater when we were little and and, and i mean like i remember going coming out going haha chill monkey brains you know mm-hmm. in like third grade i yeah. thought I thought it was gross. Well, that's a dark one too. They pull the heart out. They do a lot of crazy yep. stuff in there. Yeah. But I was I was like uh, Henry's age when I saw that one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was right. still yeah. it was PG. So <laughs> PG. you know. Well, um, Zach wants to watch Jaws, and and we haven't had the opportunity just the two of us to sit down and watch it because Allie has no interest at all. She she would be it's a good decision on her part. She'd be freaked out. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be I'm interested to see what. If, he, if he's able to handle it or not, because I'm sure by eight, I, I had seen Jaws. Jack handled it better, I think, than I did, because I was watching Jaws with Jack. And and all I remembered is maybe the crab scene. Mm-hmm. And let me just say, that movie is a hard PG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that movie really would be PG-13 easy now without I even thinking about yes, it. Yes, it would. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, I remember, like, when they're showing – the thing I thought that was actually the grossest in it was the when they're flipping through the book and they're showing all the, the, the shark bites. Yeah. And that's super graphic and real. And real. And yeah. and, and there's the, the jump scare where they're underwater and they, yeah. for the fishermen. You know, yep. they, yeah. Um, yeah. So I can see him jumping at, at that. But – I don't know. I think that he sh- he'd be fine watching it. I yeah. we just haven't gotten around to it yet. Well, if not, watch Jaws two. There's almost no gore in it, and it's it's <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Jaws three D does not hold up well, but uh, no. Jaws two I still like. Oh, I like Jaws two a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's underrated. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I like them both. So who's I guess, next? I guess I can cover mine next, Mike, if that's okay, okay with that's you. Okay, that's fine. Yep. All right, I, I picked a more recent one, and I had read it, um, the, the series as it came out, but I didn't remember much about it. I was kind of scrolling through my options um, last night trying to figure out what to what to pick, and I ended up choosing um, Survivor's Club from 2015. It was a Vertigo title. I think it was one of those periodic Vertigo relaunches that they they kept trying to do before the brand went away, where maybe four or five titles would would start up over the course of a couple months and uh, oh i remember this this was the like people who survived jason or what have you yeah yeah you weren't quite sure what was going on yet in the first one uh first issue but yeah it was a lot of weird weird kind of things going on it was um written by lauren bukes and dale haverson i'm not familiar with either one of those names to be honest with you um artist was ryan kelly cover um is actually by bill uh Sinkevich. and um at the beginning what you've got is this one particular um woman she uh kind of had gotten some uh flashbacks recently and it reminded her that well actually i, I should go back so she was actually doing some um, digging on the, on the internet. And um, uh, she found this, this like random list of all a uh, bunch of people's names and everyone on, on the name on the list rather was either dead or missing except for six people, her and five others. And they all live in LA. And um, she says that something bad happened to every single one of them in 1987. And she wants, uh, she manages to get a hold of them through email and wants them all to come together to meet, to kind of like discuss and, and talk. So we see um, uh, just a, a little montage of all the, all the characters we're going to be introduced to. And, and the person sending the email is uh, Chenzira Molenko. They call her Zira. Um, she was originally from South Africa. Um, there's a man named uh, Harvey Lisker. They show him outside of this um, expensive house in a car, and he's kind of singing this creepy song to himself. Um, there's a woman named uh, Kiri uh, Nomura, and uh, she's just walking down the street holding um, a bottle of alcohol, and it seems like she's hearing and talking to something that you don't see. So either she's uh, crazy and talking to herself or something is going on. Um, there's another, there's a woman named Alice T uh, Taylor Newsom and she looks like the, she almost looks like Barbie and she's just at home um, making a uh, dinner. There's a uh, EMT uh, called uh, Tio Reyes. And lastly, there's um, a guy named Simon Wickman who seems to be um it has something to do in uh, with Hollywood. So they're all getting together, and uh, the Barbie-looking uh, character Alice has invited everyone for this meetup at at her house. She's a she's a nice house that turns out to be the house that that um, creepy guy um, uh, Harvey was was sitting outside of. So they all end up um, showing up, except for Harvey, who doesn't end up coming in. 
and um, Zero starts talking about that she was digging around on the dark web and she uh, found this index page um, from 1987. A, a li- she was basically she was doing um, stuff about uh, gaming urban legends. Um, she's uh, does a, uh, she's a professor at a university and um, was doing some research on gaming urban legends, and she stumbled on an old index page um, that lists all of their names as uh, members of a chess club. And they all agree that they've never played chess. So they don't know um, what's going on. And, and she informs them that these that the, the six of them are the only ones that are still alive from that list. So um, Alice says, well, it's more like a survivor's club than a chess club, hence the title of the of the book. So they start asking, like, well, what do you like? What are you talking about? Like survivors of what? And um, and uh, Kiri says, you know, you said something bad happened to us in 1987. They don't seem to remember. And she's like, it d- did something. And um, the the guy from Hollywood seems to remember some that he had some sort of childhood trauma, and they turned actually that story into an actual um, horror movie franchise. But that's as much as he says. Um, Zero, who brought them together, starts telling her backstory and what happened to her in 1987. And so she goes into uh, living up, uh, living in South Africa under apartheid, and <clears throat> uh, her mom actually died. She was an activist, and she died in jail. Um, and her dad never got over it. He he would go to the bar all the time and drink and drop her off next door where this arcade was, and like she'd literally play from like morning to night while dad was just in the bar. And uh, she ended up finding this uh, broken machine in the back. And even though she can't be more than six, I would say. I mean, they all look young in 2015 when this book came out. Um, But they look younger than how old they would have to be probably in 2015. But regardless, um, it says that she was good at fixing things. So they show her actually as a probably a six-year-old or seven-year-old fixing the machine in the back and she brought it back to life. Um, and so she starts playing and, and she's just playing and playing and it says new high score, secret level unlocked. And then the storm starts up outside and uh, kind of like a, basically a tornado uh, hits, hits the area and um, starts sucking everything up. And um, the, the machine is, is still playing and says, Oh no, you died. Do you want to continue? 10, you know, eight, five, two. And uh, she starts screaming because she thinks now that the game made her um, see things. These strange creatures almost were coming out of the machine. And um, she's just telling the group that lightning hit the arcade and that's what started the fire. A lot of people died, including her dad. Um, she was too caught up in the game um, to save him. And, um, that's what she's telling the group. But in the meantime, you're seeing these flashbacks of her grabbing um, a thing of gasoline because of what's going on with this game and this, these weird things coming out of the screen and like actually lighting the entire game on fire and trying to destroy the game. And like things are just flying out even outside of the, um, uh, you know, outside of the, the game system itself there um 
with this fire going on and, and she has to, and then she realizes, oh, she has to beat the game. She goes running back into the burning arcade and grabs the controllers and tries to keep playing when the firefighters actually grab her and pull her out. So she's describing like a natural ph phenomenon to everyone else and what happened to her dad. But what you're seeing seems like she started the fire itself that killed all these people. And then she realized that it wasn't that whatever was going on with the game was still happening. And she tried to actually beat the game where she, when she was saved and pulled away. Um, so you're not quite sure what's going on, but um, the, the, that one weird lady who kind of talks to herself, there's this weird like text that says stuff. And then like she replies. Uh, so like she's talking to something else. And so she realizes that zero is leaving um, something out. Um, so she's, uh, Zira says that she knows that this game is back now and she needs their help. Um, she doesn't know what happened before, if it was some sort of a CIA experiment or whatever, but she found a demo of the game online. It's giving her the same creepy feeling. Um, so she brings it up and she's like, listen, like, cause at this point, nobody is really buying what she's, what she's selling here. And, um, they're, Sounds like to to some extent most of them don't remember any type of trauma that they had in the past, and they're they're just about ready to leave. Where she says, "Let me just show you this um, this particular clip off of YouTube of this um, indie gamer introducing the game." So she and she's like, "If you don't feel anything, then fine, you can leave. Otherwise, you know, there's something weird going on." So she starts playing it, and all of the other characters here start getting these terrible flashbacks of whether um like that uh the hollywood guy is is remembering when a priest was trying to exercise either him or, or the house he was living at um weird stuff with the um japanese woman um with this other strange shadow creature um with alice uh some trauma there um with teo he's got these weird bites on his on his neck that would suggest vampire and shows a flashback of him being led away by this this woman in red um so like a lot of a lot of weird stuff and so finally um Thierry, like falls to the ground she's saying you know screaming turn it off turn it off so they all definitely are are affected we take a quick um uh, interlude here to uh griffith park in um three miles away and there's uh, Harvey Lister who didn't um, come to the come to the meeting, and he's sitting in the park. Everyone's just walking around and stuff, and he's um, he's kind of either he's thinking to himself or somebody else is talking in his head, saying that they ma he made the right choice by walking away, and that he doesn't need those people, and and so on and so forth. And he looks down at the at his um, duffel bag that's at his feet, um, and he's got like a machete in there. Um, and the next scene, I believe, is just what he's imagining in his head because it's got everyone in the park all chopped up and him holding the machete. But the reason why I think it's just in his head is that there's this one lady talking. Um, it looks like she might be a, an agent or something in Hollywood, and she's talking on the phone in the first panel. And you see in the last panel with everyone chopped off, off, off page, that that woman is still continuing her conversation. So I think he's just imagining that this is what he did to all these people. So he's pretty sick. Um, we go back to the house 
and uh, she turns off uh, the video and she said, you know, uh, Zero says you all saw something, right? And uh, some people are blaming it on the food that they ate, that they put something in the food. And she's like, no, this is, something happened, something happened. Um, Kiri goes upstairs because she feels like she's going to be sick and she gets turned around looking for the bathroom and she goes in Alice's bedroom and just sees a bunch of like duplicate dresses exactly the same as what Alice is wearing. Um, kind of look weird. That's like the only clothing that's in the closet. Um, so she go, they go back downstairs and people are starting uh, to leave. Taya wants to leave. Um, and uh, so they're not quite sure what's going on. But finally, um, enough of the others say, yeah, there's something definitely crazy going on here. And um, she's like, I, you know, Azira's like, I need your help trying to figure this thing out with the video. And and the Hollywood guy says, so if we're going to help you crack this, you'll help us with ours. And she's like, yes, we'll, we'll do this together. And uh, Alice says, well, what if we don't want our secrets um, solved? And Azira says, well, that's up to you. Um, I just want to figure out what's going on with this video game and all the game designers have disappeared, but I've got to lead, you know, to the guy who made, who made the actual video um, on YouTube. So <clears throat> the next, uh, the next day, uh, Teo is an EMT um, is bringing a person into the hospital from the ambulance and uh, his partner is saying, Oh, you missed some crazy stuff uh, last night. It's like there's this uh, college student, uh, laughing like crazy, tried to rip out his own throat. And uh, Taylor's like, oh, I, I had pretty <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff yesterday too. And his partner's like, no, no, this was crazy. He, he absolutely lost it over playing some video game. And Taylor's like, what, where? And so he goes running to the psych ward um, and uh, opens up the curtain. And I, I believe at this point, he's imagining all these strange bugs come flying at him and fly away. And he cut, he kind of uh, falls down and when he looks back up, there's no bugs, but there's the, um, the YouTube video guy there, you know, in the hospital on life support. And that's, that's the one that, um, you know, that's the, that's the one that zero was going to contact. As a matter of fact, his phone keeps buzzing. Um, the, the YouTube guy. So Teo picks it up and it's, it's zero, you know, trying to contact him. So um, at the end of this, we just have another quick uh, montage of all the characters and you see Teo getting a, what seems to be another brain scan to see if he's um, okay. And the technician is like, we just keep doing this and your brain's normal every time. I can't just keep giving you CAT scans. Um, and uh, uh, Zero is online doing more, um, uh, more research on this. You see Kiri in bed with her uh, lying on her side with her eyes wide open with this creepy ghost creature hugging her from behind talking in that weird um weird language um you see the hollywood type on the phone at a bar uh saying that uh, basically um his agent saying that there's nothing that they can do they've got that whoever they are have the rights to this Muskegee uh, house. So that must be what his horror trauma was. You go back to Harvey. He's back outside of Alice's house um, singing his creepy little song and it's nighttime. So I don't know if something bad's going to happen there. And then finally you see Alice in her home. She's brushing her hair and she says, what a pe peculiar turn of events, don't you think? And she turns and she sees 
a duplicate of herself just lying on the floor like a doll, practically. And she bends down and says, hey, Alice, wakey, wakey. And the the Alice lying on the floor kind of like looks up and says, oh, hi, is it my turn already? And then she gets up. She's wearing the exact same clothes. She looks exactly the same. She gets up, kind of um, sorts out her dress and starts walking away and says, see you later, Alice. And now the Alice we that had been there, you know, talking to the rest of the people are just sitting on the floor, just blankly staring like a doll. So obviously there's some weird stuff going on. I don't remember a lot more about it, although reading this issue, I, I started to remember more and more like what the weird things were, which, you know, each character, but I don't remember how it ended up. I, it only lasted, I believe, nine issues. So I don't think it really concluded the way it was supposed to. So that was just the first one? That was the first one. Wow, only, that's pretty dense. A lot yeah. happened. Yeah, I, I I read the first one, but I didn't remember half the the details. Yeah, yeah it was it. I, I remembered, um, like being fairly interested in. It. I wanted to revisit and and because I remember those coming out at the time. Like there was that one. There was unfollow. It was kind of like a Twitter type one that yeah, I think was I liked. Yeah, was the kitchen. Did the yeah. kitchen the kitchen come oh, out I love the, the same kitchen. time? Yeah, yep. yep. that one actually yeah. made a movie out of. Yeah, so there was a there was, there, there was yeah. a bunch, there was like four or five um, series that all came out around that time, trying to, um, you know, get Vertigo started back up. And um, yeah, it was this one was I think uh, on the higher end of the ones that I read for sure. Yeah, for me it was the kitchen. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, that one was good too. All right, well my uh, my choice is Blackhawk number 265 so on retrocast i did 260 64 and i wanted to see how that that panned out because uh the blackhawks were trying to go find a, a professor that kind of sold his technology to the nazis he he was making way more money working for the nazis his professor merson and uh, the last time I, we left off, uh, he had created those bats that were attracted to the engines of the planes, and then they'd almost like crash the planes. So Blackhawk and crew are uh, looking for um, the professor. And uh, last issue, Chop Chop was a badass. He uh, he took off that took out that. <laughs> Huge robot with the the bola grenade thing that he contrived, um, and he he uh, he was trying to help to stop uh, this woman from selling arms to the Nazis, um, and then she she really didn't learn her lesson. She's going to continue to sell things to the Nazis, even though he saved her from the Nazis. But uh, Chop Chop's feeling pretty rejected, and. Uh, I, I can see why just reading these issues, you know, like it took 265 issues <laughs> to address uh, the racism of Chop Chop because <laughs> he's the only black cock that's never been in costume. They always keep him in uh, like green pants and an oriental type shirt. Like it, it's mm. he he's a member of the black cocks, never got an outfit. And uh, he's pretty grouchy, even last uh, last issue. And none of the Blackhawks understand. And one of the first things that uh, Blackhawk tells him is, "Oh, Chop Chop, you're on radio detail, aren't you?" 
Would you raise Allied Command in London? And Chop Chop's reaction is, you know how to work the radio. I'm not your secretary. <laughs> and then <laughs> Chuck you, acts, and then Chuck asks him to fix his socks. Like what fix the socks? What what an asshole! Like, and they yeah, can't no fit, and they can't figure out why Chop Chop's upset. They they're like, why is Chop Chop so upset? You know, like he never gets on the planes. He never get he now he's a seamstress and what what the hell's going on? And they're all questioning each other. What's the matter with Chop Chop? That's the title of the uh, the issue. This is by Mark yeah. Evanier and Dan Spiegel. And uh, they have to go to one. There, there's a short battle scene where they take out a bunch of Nazis to try to find out where the professor's located. There's an ad for ABC, which I never watched any of these cartoons. And uh, I, I I know what. Well, I watched the best of Scooby-Doo. That was the earliest. And then the Little Rascals, Richie Rich show, didn't watch that. The Munchkins, watch didn't watch that. Pac-Man, didn't watch that. Watch Rubik's, that <laughs> The Amazing Cube, didn't watch that. The Menudo Littles, sang the intro to that one. I remember oh, that boy. one too. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get that. Uh, the Littles, uh, The Puppies Further Adventures, and the new Scooby and Scrabby-Doo. And then at the end, it's Watch for Menudo. <laughs> So there you Dude, go. Dude, the That's Littles is one of my all-time favorites. I have that one on DVD. See, I never, with the exception of Scooby-Doo, well, I'm older than you guys. I never got into this. I was going to say, you were like probably 14 or something by the, at this point, right? But, yeah, but, but was, I was, was still watching. for me, probably. I was still watching cartoons because if I go to NBC, that's where I was at. Uh, they yeah. had the Flintstone Funnies, the Shirt Tales, the Smurfs. I always watched the Smurfs. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, I watched that. Mr. T, The Amazing Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk, I was a must-see. And then Thunder the Barbarian. So I was still in cartoons. I just didn't want to watch anything on ABC. Um, yeah, so, you were. You had NBC all locked up there. Yeah, I, I remember watching the Smurfs regularly because it was, at least when I was watching, it was right before Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and then Thunder was one of my favorites. So, um, yeah, those are the cartoon ads. And then uh, Merce, Professor Merston is still working with the Nazis. He's asking for them to pay him. He brings him a, a big cash reward. He's dealing all his money through Swiss bank accounts. Well, the Blackhawks say, well, how do we take this guy down? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll go to the Swiss bank accounts and see if we can find out and trace it to Merston. And... Um, they send uh, Andre because he's the sexy man to uh, <laughs> to track down a, a bank teller. He's like, "Bonjour, Madame. I do not know how I can thank you." And he, she's like, "Thank, thank me for what? You are the bank teller in the bank, not you. Give me splendid service when I invested my first million there. You brought me good luck. I insist that you let me buy you lunch." And then she lets him take him out to lunch. And how does he do it? He makes me ill. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, he, he uh, takes the woman out. Uh, Chuck, the redheaded guy, is, is still trying to he, – he's back with Chop Chop and trying to figure out why Chop Chop's so upset. And uh, he even says at one, one time um, – I can't remember where he says it i'm trying to find it 
Oh yeah, he says, what do you, he's like thinking to himself, what do you care about, Chop Chop? You're getting to be a bigger pain than my grandpappy's false teeth. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like, he's an ass, Chuck's an asshole. Um, yeah, no kidding. And, and, then, <laughs> and then there was a bombing. Uh, the Blackhawks had to save a little girl from a bomb and Chop Chop tells him oh the the bats like he 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 said the these this is a booby trap the bats were attracted to the equipment they set up set off the generator and blew it up and uh chuck is still trying to figure out like i have a hunch now why he's, he's got a sore spot i never thought about it but why does he not wear that out why does he wear that outfit sure makes him an easier target to shoot at like mm. he's just realizing now after 265 issues <laughs> that he's not wearing an outfit like the other guys like what the hell and, and then and then, then there's a flashback scene which is really racist there's an artist and this artist said oh you guys are the black box i would love to sketch you so he sketches you know andre is a very sexy man and black hawk is this you know sexy and then he draws chop chop and it looks very racist. The big teeth, the big ears. It doesn't even look like him. It, 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 it's kind of like uh, if you read Eisner and you saw Ebony White, you know how the stereotypical uh, black man was portrayed? Well, he's drawing um, Chop Chop very racist. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I'm not a prejudiced person, not in the slightest. I've got great respect for Chinamen. No one does laundry the way you do. I am. Oh, si wow. I simply well, love that nice. fried rice, or as as you would call it, fried lice. Like oh what? Gosh. What an asshole! This is yeah. the guy that painted their self portraits. Right. Well, one of the black Chuck actually threw him out the window. Um, so he threw the artist out the window because I guess <laughs> at the time he realized he was being racist. Um, the Blackhawks are coming up with a plan. Uh. To actually take out the bats they're gonna take a plane as close as they can because now they know where he is from the bank because of andre and the sexy bank teller uh after he had some sex found out where where the professor might be hiding so they they gut a plane they take the engine out and everything and they make it a glider so they can fly the glider close to it and then glide the plane in with the engine turn the engine on late and then blow up the whole building because the bats will blow up their own building so um that that's their plan and uh chop chop volunteers to do this and uh they don't he's like no you can't do it we'll do it um but blackhawk finally um realizes what's going on because uh chuck tells him and uh he goes you know better than that um chop chop but you're right. He says, I'm going to let you control, you know, go on this mission. And he goes on the mission. They actually blow up the building that the professor's in. And then the Blackhawks are waiting outside the castle for when the professor's running away after they blew it up. And uh, they capture the, the professor. Chop Chop's still in his usual garment. And he tells him he'd like permission to go to his homeland because China is under siege from Japan. And he says, do I have your permission to leave, take a leave of absence from the Blackhawks? 
And Blackhawk says, you're a fighter pilot, man. Even in this special unit, if you want to make an official request, you have to do it properly. I don't listen to official requests unless the pilot is in the uniform. So they finally give him a uniform, and uh, he takes a leave of absence. Uh, I, I thought that was a really interesting story. Uh, I, I'd like to talk to Mark Evanier about this story because it, it's almost like He's like, why didn't, you know, I, I'm finally writing this book and Chop Chop's been like this since the very beginning. Why, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's almost like he's tackling that as a, as a writer, you know, like, why wasn't this ever tackled to begin with? Yeah. And they actually well, mentioned his name, uh, which I personally so don't know his Chop name. Chop. No, it's not Chop Chop. Uh, his name Which is, is problematic in itself. Yeah, his uh, name is Officer Wu Ching. So uh, for okay. those of you that didn't know Chop Chop's real name, there it is for you. It's Wu Chang. So. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they literally used to have him running around with a meat cleaver, right? Yeah. 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 So this is like it's pretty incredible from a, a stylistic standpoint that it was 1983 for them to address this. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. pretty it's pretty incredible. Um, and then there's a Sergeant Rock ad. The battle action continues with the Sergeant Rock playsets. You could get a recon post playset, uh, a River Commando patrol playset, and an action machine gun nest playset. And then there's a backup of uh, a Chuck story. And uh, this one involves him uh, trying to hit on a girl. <laughs> and uh, she's she's drawn very nicely. This is still by Mark Avenir, but it's, it's illustrated by Boyette. And uh, he sees a beautiful girl, and he's like, do you know I'm a pilot? I'm a pilot. You want to come see my plane, baby? And uh, she goes, yes, I'll take, t- I would love to see your plane. And he takes her there and the plane's missing. And he's like, what the hell happened? Where's my plane? Well, he finds that some guy found the plane and is taking it apart and selling the parts. And uh, he kind of gets this guy to work with him to, to uh, restructure his plane. But then they're caught by the Nazis and they're, they're captured. And, um, they make an escape and then they build a plane out of scrap. So he's pretty much got he. This guy did a MacGyver on the plane, Chuck. He he pretty much built it from automobile parts and all kinds of things, and then attacked the plane that was gonna go kill the Blackhawks, and um, that's how that story ended. And then the last thing is the there's an ad in the back for the Masters of the Universe, which is really cool because I'm currently watching Kevin Smith's. Masters of the Universe Revelation. And mm-hmm. uh, the Talon Fighter is in that cartoon. Like, it, it's incredible that they they have... I'm really enjoying this cartoon, by the way. And it's somebody that, that didn't like the original cartoon. But I'm really digging this. And maybe the people that like the original cartoon are not. But mm-hmm. I think it's an amazing cartoon. Um, I've seen, like... The Toys That Made Us, He-Man. I've seen He-Man documentaries, so I'm aware of all the characters. And I've read He-Man and DC Comics. But uh, this series is just really, really well done. And they have, like, obscure characters like Fisto 
and all kinds of crazy characters like uh, Moss Man and uh, it's really cool to see how they how Kevin Smith and the other writers use um, these characters in, in the show. So my I'm best really... friend in college would use a Moss Man as an air freshener in his car. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty neat <laughs> well they had skunk or too so he, they could, right. he could have used that st- that one actually had a stank to it right so. <laughs> uh. but there's there's a scene in i was like this is so kevin smith where where fisto their <clears throat> skeletor's got the sword and he's got the power and he's gonna invade the castle and fisto says oh man i would love to fist him <laughs> He's referring to Skeletor, and I just well, started to laughing. Their, to, to each their own, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of cool, like learning all these characters, because yeah. I wasn't aware of some of the more obscure ones for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like the. the I didn't get the multiverse one read that Tim. I think it was Tim Seeley did. More the most recently, but the one before that, the Attorney Award, where it focused on uh, He Man and She Ra, yeah. that was a and it had the Stefan Sajic covers, those were nice. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it's a, it's a good cartoon if, you, if you're into cartoons for sure. The plot is pretty interesting. Uh, maybe one I had to watch it at some point on the treadmill because it's fast. It's one of the uh, faster ones because I think there are only ten episodes. So gotcha. Yeah, you can definitely cool. see Kevin Smith in there. The controversy, at least that I've heard, that why people aren't liking it is because it focuses more on the women mm. than, than He Man. But it's called Masters of the Universe. It starts yeah. off with uh, He Man sort of dying. And then Tila is the the main character and the main focus. But you learn a lot about Tila. Like, I don't know if it takes like a really dark turn too, because you learn the origins of the sorceress. And mm-hmm. the sorceress came from a family that was so poor that her parents were going to eat her. Like, they Dang. were literally going to eat her because they were starving. So they were like, mm. they, they had their forks and knives and they were chasing her. <laughs> Oh my God! So well, she like, was like part bird, you know. She could have been a Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not sorceress, by the way. Sorceress was part bird, but yeah. I meant uh, Evil Lynn. Oh, oh, okay. Evil Lynn, gotcha. Yeah, Evil no. Lynn was the one that uh, Skeletor found in an alley after she was being chased by some men that were going to do something to her, but. Yeah. Uh, when she was a child, she had to escape from her own parents. Oh, gotcha. Was sorceress no, was sorceress ever revealed to be someone's mother in the cartoon? Yeah. I don't know if it was in the cartoon or the comics, but somewhere in her, I I remember that. Yeah, because I was going to ask you that. But yeah. who who was it? Do you know? It was Tila. Yeah, it was. That's the mystery yeah. of this one. Is Tila okay, did yeah. never Tila never knew. That her mother was the sorceress. I think it was and in the was, original cartoon, though. Yeah, I think she it was. was obviously with Man at Arms because Man at Arms right. is her father. Right. But yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. I like it a lot. That's I'm almost like back, finished. That's like backwards Zeus instead of like a woman sleeping with a a bird that Zeus uh, Man at Arms slept with a a giant eagle that was the sorceress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
she it's 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 pretty dramatic too though because yeah. she has to leave her humanity behind so she's pretty much leaving her husband to take care of her daughter for all of right. her life yeah it's cool yeah nice. good stuff yeah, I always I always think uh, he man uh, the backstory of this stuff is is a lot better than what you would think for for stuff with like silly names you know yeah. beast beast man and merman and well all I used that to stuff. hate the orco the whole idea of orco oh, yeah. like I, I used to think oh this is the goofy scrappy do you know yeah like yeah. He's, yeah. he's there for laughs but this cartoon really made him heroic like it it really. Like, I was like, wow. Like, I wouldn't have thought of doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, he's, he's portrayed as a, a jinx and a klutz, but what he does in the cartoon is pretty amazing. So, yeah, there's there's some changes, and I like them. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely one I'm interested in checking out at some point. Oh, that's um, that's all I had today. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, I do not. Yeah, I only got the one read. I read some uh, other books this morning, but no, no other DC books. I have one quick one, but I'm going to just lightning it round it. Sure. I I read. Uh, I I know Kirk had this one. He got it off the spinner rack, but it's Jonah Hex number twenty. The thing that makes this interesting. Is there's a, a bunch of stagecoach robberies, and uh, it involves Jonah Hex's father. And uh, for most of us that have been reading Jonah Hex, you know that his father uh, gave him up to the uh, I can't remember if it's Comanches or the Apaches, but he gave up his son early on, uh, and he was raised by the Native Americans, and. Um, this story deals with he runs into his father and you think he would be bitter, but he kind of like welcomes his father back into his life. And later on, his father like almost kills him, like literally gets him killed because he's part of the stagecoach robberies. So he's just like, oh, you need to shoot, shoot my son. Like, I don't care. It's pretty tragic because... He's an asshole up until the point he dies. Like, right. There, there's no, there's no redeeming qualities in Jonah Hex's father. I, I can't even believe that Jonah doesn't resent his father. Like he's not in this comic. He doesn't resent all the things that he's done. He's done a yeah. lot of horrific things. He betrayed him. He gave up his son early in life. When, and he was like, "Dad, don't let, don't leave me here." And then later on, he betrays him twice in the same comic. Yep. And he still I remember that loves issue. his That's dad. A good one. Yeah, it's crazy. That was uh, Jonah Hex number twenty. So I think we can wrap this one up. On the Twitters, you can reach Joe at, at Iowa's Joe uh, at Rob Krieger and at Big Five Army. Uh, unfortunately, he was absent today because he's praying for our souls. But uh, thank you, thank you, Kirk. Yeah, thank we you, need, Kirk. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> but he did uh, post a picture of the devil, Tom Brady, earlier. So I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe that's why he's going to church to pray. 
that he has a card of the devil. But uh... <laughs> and and yesterday was his birthday, so very yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Kirk. Yes. I hope uh, I hope somebody at least filled the toilet paper roll for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the small things sometimes. Right, that's what yeah. counts. That's what counts. And yeah, I'm at Mike Myers Brunch. You can find us at Geek Brunch Podcast. No, no, no. You can find us at DC, DC Noise, Noise Podcast. <laughs> ah, I forget what I'm doing sometimes. Well, we're recording during brunch time too, so we are. Yeah, we are. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's true. And it's Sunday morning, and it's brunch time. So, um, and you can find us on Facebook at at uh, Geek Brunch Podcast. Click the like button. Follow the episode threads there. And I hope you guys all have a good christmas a great christmas and a happy new year you too man so, uh, you, you, you too. take care yes and have enjoy time. your holiday enjoy your time off if anyone has time off i have two weeks off well almost two weeks i have eight working days off so i have two days good. off so that's something. two yeah at least it's two. something <laughs> yeah that's something man i got 25th yeah. and 26th off oh, i have, okay. actually have yeah. the day out the Monday after New Year's too, so what that's you, Mike. Just that's all sorts good. of all sorts of time off. If, yeah. if I was just the twenty fifth through the second, come back on the third. Yeah, yeah if I just I'm, had the library, it'd be different. But because I'm still at the museum, I I, I, I go work those days when the museum too. doesn't show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be busy. People want to. People want to go to the holidays. museum on the holidays too. So that's what yep. I'm saying. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys take care, and uh, we'll talk to you in the new year for sure. Yeah, Sounds definitely. Great. Thanks, guys. I'll see you on the Twitters before then. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. You guys have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.